This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Episode number 82. Welcome back to uh, the pass. Then we've been gone for a couple weeks, but we're back, bitch, and it's 2016. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the first episode of 2016, which means I'm fucking quitting. Get the... It's a new year. It's a new me. I'm fucking done with this <laughs> out. I hate y'all. We're leaving. No, just kidding. Get the fuck out. I'm trying to feed into my measly 401k. Okay. This is Ian uh, with Kevin and Ryan the Beard. Yo, yo. And uh, welcome back. Today, uh, it's, been a, it's a, been a heavy day. It's been a heavy couple weeks, but uh, you know we're still here, and it's a, it's a new leaf, and we've got 55 more weeks with which to fuck with your brain. Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't have an episode last week, and so it is important for us to talk that, uh, Lemmy is no longer with us. That's right. We're going to be talking a lot about Lemmy, uh, in this podcast and, uh, uh, illustrating some of the highlights of his life, uh, as we've been doing on Metal Shop for the last few weeks. And I think towards the end of the podcast, as it was Lemmy's funeral memorial service today, uh, we're going to be playing you some, uh, some bits and pieces and some of the things that some of his friends had to say. I think we're going to hear from Rob Halford. Uh, we're going to be hearing from Triple H, Rob Trujillo, maybe even uh, Scott Ian, mm-hmm. and a bunch of others, too. So stick around, and uh, we'll be talking more about Lemmy. But what's been going on with you guys for the last few weeks before we dive into the world of metal? Yeah, Kevin, tell us about that uh, that wrestling event you were telling me about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin and I just went to 3 one battle again. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, he went again. It was my first time last night. It's the bomb, dude. It's like uh, awesome local underground wrestling. We can't tell you where it's at, but if you know... Then you go. If you know, then you go. Uh, you can you can check them out on Facebook. They also have Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where in Washington State, professional wrestling <laughs> is actually kind of uh, banned because it is uh, considered a combat sport and you would need to have, like, a lot more regulation, a lot more security. They can't really afford that. Probably so. going to have, like, a huge insurance policy. Yeah. Too. Oh, oh you broke your neck? Oh, sorry. Even though it is, quote, unquote, uh, you know, entertainment, it's not, like, actual them going in there and trying to beat the shit out of each other like an MMA, like a real fight. Yeah, they're not mm-hmm. trying to take someone's head off. But at the same time, there are risks. So, anyways, it's all it's all by donation. It's a good time. It's pretty badass. What I've been doing lately is going to see a bunch of movies. I saw the new Star Wars, so I finally saw that after it got f***ing spoiled for me. Yeah. I saw, uh, what is it, the the eight, the, the Hateful Eight, Hateful which eight, was eight. awesome. And then today I saw The Revenant, man. And The Revenant is so f- and dope and so brutal i'm not gonna spoil it or anything but i will say that after i seen it i'm like i seen some <laughs> bro i've been through some stuff i've been in the dude that movie was hardcore for it hard, man. i haven't seen it yet don't tell it's, me anything. it's rough to get through so remember that one part where <laughs> just playing uh haven't been going to any shows really because there haven't been many yeah. it's the holiday season but it's uh, treacherous on the roads but yeah, man, just hanging out, and I got this pocket from the uh, the men's room. Tried that a couple times. What was it already pre-used? 
Um, oh, no, no. It wasn't pre-used. How do you know? Uh, well, it was... <laughs> now you're, now you're just crossing your fingers. That's a good point. Wait a second. But remember when you, last time we podcasted, uh, I talked <laughs> about how I would get a headache when I would... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, migraine man over here. I finally got over it. All right. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> My <laughs> is regular. Kevin can <laughs> like a normal person My, I again. have normal... <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I had to battle through the headaches. I had about four headaches, and they were terrible. You just got to get it out. It's the demons, dude. Yeah. You got to get the demons out, and it's then you It's the good. strain. It's like if you're really into it, and you're straining like your head, and you're like yeah, super into you're it. Like, you got to just relax, dude. Yeah, you got to relax a little bit. You're going to have a brain aneurysm. Seriously. <laughs> it's like popping my just blood vessels. <laughs> Next time I... I'm going to have like those like bloody red, like bloodshot eyes, and I'm going to be like... You're going to shoot blood out of your eyes like those d lizards from the desert to scare off your enemies. Talk, 5,000. Uh, Ryan, you have to edit the word every time it's in this <laughs> <Yep>. podcast. <laughs> but good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're in one piece. A study was just issued this week that said that uh, at least one orgasm per day by a man reduces the, uh, the risk of uh, prostate cancer by 25%. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll see you guys in about 10 or 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like Tom Green said. Uh, rub your balls, squeeze your balls, so you don't get cancer. Take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah Tom, Tom Green had a lot of words of advice. Uh, <laughs> my bum is on no, the Swedish. My bum the is Swedish. on the Swedish. Swedish. Yes. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Truly a product of the 90s. Uh, what about you, Ian? What have you been up Dude, to? Dude, I've been sick as f for the Ugh, last week. The and worst. It was, I felt totally fine last one week ago today, on Saturday, when we were in here. And I woke up Sunday morning real bright and early, probably four or five fucking hours after we got off air. And it felt, what it felt like to me, it felt like somebody shoved a, a flaming marble up my fucking nose. Oh! oh! So I woke up with this like ass, like sinusy infection, which turned into this like terrible bronchial lung. And I'm finally okay. But you'll notice that my voice is nice and deep and sexy and I can, yeah, do all Ian's got his radio voice back. Yeah, I got my voice. <laughs> See, and I'm now coughing up all of my own fucking lung butter. So well, it's, it's I, I hope I just made someone gag. It's probably from all the black mold. Yeah, from which your I house had. That you were dealing with. Which I'm no longer coughing up. You know what I like? Which is fucked up, which means that I was coughing up fucking black mold, dude. We Ugh. went from... 2015. We went from... To lung butter. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you some uh, lung butter, oh. Ian. Got a lot of protein. Hey, I ain't no Paris Hilton. Dang. I don't breathe in. <laughs> yeah, you should censor that sound effect. Yeah, but I've been sick, dude. But it's been good. I've been renovating my house. It's almost done, and so I'm I'm glad to have that finished. And uh, I I use I had this when I moved into the the rental that I had. Uh, my landlord left. Her son had like fucking totaled his car, and instead of just like dropping it off at the junkyard. They left it in the backyard for like three fucking years. So I've been like that dude with a broke ass busted up car in my backyard for the last, you know, year and a half. Damn. So that finally got taken out this week. Nice. I got rid of it. So I feel slightly more like, ooh, I'm with Seattle. Yeah. I've got a nice backyard. Fuck you. You know, you mentioned a while back the uh, the seeds that you had found, your friend had found in the basement. Yeah. None of them, none of them worked. None of them worked. None of them worked. Man, I was really looking forward to an update about I that. I know. Uh, they all just didn't sprout, which means they're probably just no longer viable. Bummer. So we'll find out. I'll try again. 
Uh, this week, I actually I was going to mention that along the lines of wrestling, I'm going. I got a uh, flight finally to my first vacation in a while to go down to Las Vegas. Um, the end of February for Ring nice, of Honor's nice. 14th anniversary. Gonna watch some wrestling with my friend Simon. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna f***ing mark out in Vegas and probably spend a bunch of money. And, uh, you know, I'm sleeping on his couch, so I'm not gonna spend much money. Well, who, awesome. who who's wrestling? Uh, well, let me see Anyone here. that you know, I mean, just off the top of your head. Or you, it just, yeah. You're going down for the experience, obviously. I am going down for the experience. And that's a bonus. I could say their names, but I don't know if you would know. Shinsuke Nakamura, Kazuchika Ukata. Uh, a bunch of Japanese dudes, a bunch of uh, former WWE guys, guy named AJ Styles, guy named Matt Seidel. Uh, like, okay, so think about this. It's like, um, so let's say WWE is Megadeth. Ring uh, of Honor okay. is like Dying Fetus. Okay. It's so like it's underground, it's a great analogy. rad, real, not as extreme as say like a Dying Fetus, but like technical... Fun, more underground, impressive, harder to get into. The people that are into it are probably way more into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember the wrestling clips that you've shown me of all the Japanese stuff is extreme. Yeah. Yeah, it's friggin' out of control. Like rings on fire. There's barbed wire. Everybody's bleeding. So I come if I come with a a few dents in my head, just don't worry about it. So earlier today was the uh, the memorial service for Lemmy Kill Mister, who is his, which is the real pronunciation of his name people were like they were getting on us uh uh, via text tonight they said mr Killmister." interesting so it's kind of like potato potato you know you call him what you call him and it's just that's how it is so that's weird because i've always heard it as killmeister i've always heard it as that as well but their their uh their manager today when he was uh officiating the memorial service referenced him as ian Killmister. okay all right. So that's the that's the official way to pronounce it, apparently, from here on out. So yeah, I mean the it, the last couple of weeks have been crazy. Uh, the first day that it was announced, I was uh, on air and I had to make the announcement on KISW, and there were people that Lemmy had passed. Yes, that Lemmy had passed, and uh, there were people that literally had had worked the overnight shift, uh, worked um, graveyard, and were waking up to me announcing that Lemmy had died. Yeah, what was that like, man? Did you get a lot of, like... I got a lot of bummed out people, Um, but I got a lot of people that were grateful that I was playing some Motorhead. I played all Motorhead, Dude, It's the 80s, and talked a lot. Pretty much every time I went on air, just talked something about Lemmy, related everything to Lemmy. It's a lot of things you can relate to Lemmy. Uh, and so I just talked a lot about that. Everything I posted online was about him for for a couple days, actually. I mean, it's not like I did it just one day and forgot about it. Every day that week, I started off due to C80s with Ace of Spades. And, uh, you know, I just tried to show that <clears throat> we, we care. We give a fuck about Lemmy. And, uh, you know, Metal Shop's not the only place you can hear Motorhead, though it is the place where you hear the, the bulk of it. Yeah, of course. Uh, we were still down, you know. Obviously, we have a huge, huge painting of Lemmy in the hallway here, KISW, and that's with good reason. He's a master of rock and roll. It's a reminder to the f***ing jabronis that's like, hey, you better get yourself in check, man, because Lemmy's watching. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he will be for, you know, for all time. And we were talking about this off air a little bit, like, whether you like Motorhead or not, if you like rock... If you like anything heavy, if you like metal, if you like punk, if you like hardcore, that's part of the family tree. Motorhead is like one of the stems of that family tree, and you are lucky to have the music that you have because 
of bands like Motorhead and because of dudes like Lemmy. So, yeah, I saw a comment online that really kind of brought it home, and it said there was Deep Purple, Sabbath, and Zeppelin, and then after that, it was Motorhead. Nice, and, which is very true. Like I, I actually sat there all and together. thought about that for a little bit, and just what other huge band can I think of after those three that was the next big step in the evolution and it's i really think it was motorhead man and uh yeah you know he was the fucking down ass motherfucker until the very fucking end and kevin and i got to interview him back in 2012 yep 2012 backstage at uh the mayhem festival or not mayhem sorry it was gigantor it was megadeth uh motorhead uh lacuna coil lacuna was, coil yeah. and volbeat, volbeat yeah yep. and it was the kind of thing where like he was in his late 60s then Mm-hmm. And we walked into the room and it was fucking hot boxed with cigarettes. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like the only room in the building where they were like, "There's no smoking in this building, but this is Lemmy's room." Exactly. So he can do whatever he wants. And he had a few bottles of whiskey, Jack Daniels, just chilling, ready for us to drink. And he poured it for oh, us. Oh yeah, yeah. You grab a drink. Let's sit down. Let's talk. And told us some dirty jokes. It was awesome. Yeah, jokes we probably shouldn't repeat, but. Had to do with lesbians and fish. The one joke that the guy said, he was like, this is the only clean joke that I can say during Lemmy's thing. And he said, oh, two peanuts are walking down the street. One was assaulted. <clears throat> <laughs> that was the joke. Good he times. He that wasn't my joke. It's Lemmy's joke. That's awesome. All right. Let's get into some metal news. Obviously, we'll always be keeping Lemmy around, but, uh, you know, we have to move on and talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on in the world out there, in the world of metal, and the ones who are still creating music and making things happen. All right, so Megadeth is going to be putting out a new record. Uh, it's Fatal Illusion and Threat is Real were the first two singles that were available on the Megadeth official website, but uh, the al- full album arrives January 22nd, And it's their follow-up to Super Collider, so we're going to check out uh, a little bit of their new single, Dystopia, which is the title track from the record. Let me interrupt here real quick. This is the first song where they've kind of like highlighted Kiko, their new guitar player's lead oh, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this is what you're hearing. Shreds. Uh, can I skip like halfway in? Sure. Oh, there you go. Sounds pretty sweet. So there you go. Sounds better than Super Collider. (laughs) I feel like the last song, uh, last couple songs have showed off like the chops and this is like the oh yeah we can still solo we can still make it work bitch 
Oh, and it keeps going. Oh, we'll stop there. We'll stop there. Shreddery! Trading licks. So there's a petition going around the internet that's been launched to officially call a Jack and Coke a Lemmy. Duh! <laughs> and that's uh, awesome. I feel that's like this is kind happen. of a no-brainer. So well, it's it's one of those like it's a change.org petition. Mm-hmm. Like these are the same people that petitioned the White House. Yeah. So it's kind of like kind of legitimate. I don't know. Somewhat. I think it's the kind of thing where if you walk into a bar and order a Lemmy and the bartender doesn't get it, you should probably get the f*** out of there anyway. <laughs> You're in the wrong bar, man. You know, I, I'm hoping that the uh, the element thing works out. With uh, there, there were <clears throat> a whole bunch of new heavy yeah. metal elements. They've discovered a new, yeah, and they wanted to name it Lemium. Exactly, which is awesome. Uh, you guys remember playing Super Mario Brothers 3? Of mm-hmm. course. With Lemmy Koopa? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's where that came from. Lemmy Koopa, dude. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so I was mentioning how I had watched a bunch of movies uh, earlier in the podcast. Rob Zombie's 31 is a new movie he's going to be coming out with, the new Rob Zombie horror flick. It's uh, featuring his beautiful, beautiful wife. Uh, and oh, I see. Yes, it's uh, after Sherry three Moon. separate attempts, he was getting uh, he was getting turned down, and they were giving him the dreaded NC seventeen. Oh, uh, which means that most like showgirls, yeah, most theaters would not play his movie. No. So he did several, several, and several cuts, and then finally he's got the R rating. So it's officially rated R. It's going to be prepped for a theater <laughs> release. But th- here's the thing: if you're a fan of uh, of Rob Zombie, don't be scared. Well, maybe you will be scared uh, more so, but it depends. Uh, don't don't be bummed out because the uncut version will be included on the DVD. So what's that process like? Where they, they go, sorry, What's Rob. the most f***ed <laughs> up thing here? <laughs> uh, sorry, you need to cut out that part where, we're, you know, you cut that hooker's head off with a scythe and, you know, pull her guts out with a, you know, a lawnmower. That part, we just can't have that. Like, which part needs to get cut, cut away, out? Cut like, away when you have the, uh, <laughs> when you have the f***ing knife going up the asshole. <laughs> and just allude to it, maybe. Yeah, you know, just let us think it. I happened. don't want actual <laughs> of the nice knife near the. See, if if I were him, <laughs> I'd put the c word. If I were him, I'd put in something so insane, just like there's no way they're ever gonna green light this, and like have that just be the standout thing, so all the rest <clears> of the stuff just pales in comparison to it. Well, I think this is a victory for for Rob Zombie, honestly, because you know all of his fans go, oh, <laughs> this movie's gonna be. Duh. Less female <laughs> circumcision, <laughs> zombie. Please. And so, you know, when he releases that DVD, he's going to sell the out of the unedited cut, you know? Yeah. So you go see it in the film, you know, in the theater with your kids. Oh, have a great time. With your kids? And Jesus then, Christ. And then go buy the DVD later on your own time. <laughs> there was a kid crying during The Revenant today. Oh, I was like, dude. holy oh. f- who is bringing their kid to go see The Revenant? And punch him in the face because he's crying, ruining the movie. <laughs> get him the f*** out of here. God, I, I know that bear's trying to eat that guy's face off, but get that kid the f*** out of here. I had the same experience when I went to go see the Peanuts, and then my girlfriend turned to me and she was like, dude, you, you went to peanuts. go see the Peanuts, and you're getting you're like, mad about you people. You can't get bringing, mad. Yeah, you can't get, get mad. Get to go over and get in the little kid's face. <laughs> Shut you're, up! You're just the creepy hobo hanging out watching Peanuts. <laughs> I should have put my hood kids. up. I should have put my hood up and like made myself super little sketchy kiddo. looking. I'll put you in my bucket of salt. <laughs> uh, Metal Allegiance has announced that they're going to be playing the Motorhead Tribute Show in Los Angeles this weekend, which is basically right now. Uh, obviously, the Motorhead Tribute was earlier today. We were mentioning this on air. The party that's going to be going on in L.A. and in Los Angeles and Hollywood right now 
has got to be insane. So many people flew in from around the world just to be at the memorial service for Lemmy. So it's kind of a who's who of anybody that is of consequence in metal and hard rock and 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 a ton of other just regular metalheads just hanging out and kicking it and partying and getting fucking awesome. I wish getting we could be awesome. down there. I wish we could be down there. I wish we could. We can get awesome up here. We can. We can. But that, Metal Allegiance. Yeah, that, that's what I was trying to say. So they were going to be playing uh, the, the benefit show, I guess, or just the show for honoring mm-hmm. Lemmy. Corey Taylor of Slipknot, John Tempesta from The Cult. Uh, Dave Lombardo is going to be out there. They're going to be playing all kinds of stuff. David, Dave Ellison, Mark Asagueda, Phil Demmel, Mike Portnoy, Troy Sanders, Alex Skolnick, Mark Mengi. So many people down there hanging out. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Aboth is going to be coming to town, hopefully, if he can figure out a band to play with him. And he's streaming a new track from his forthcoming album, Ashes of the Damned. It's a self-titled full-length of the new Aboth, and it's coming out January 22nd on Seasons of Mist. And uh, yeah, it's called Ashes of the Damned. Let's check out a little bit of it here on the Backstage Pass. Yep, sounds pretty much what like I would expect it to sound like. Yep, frog voice is returned. <laughs> the frog voice, pretty and like super heavy hitting riffs, like it's good. Uh, so yeah, like you said, I hope that he actually does get to come out for that uh, the decibel tour with High on Fire. And- it's no Skid Row, eighteen in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but nobody's ever gonna compare to that classic master brother between the Baron and me will be touring with august burns red and the faceless this is a huge tour uh some band called good tiger never heard of good tiger but nope i do know bt bam august burns red and the faceless are all huge bands and uh you know august burns red they they do really well with like a younger crowd and they sold out showbox market entirely pretty much on their own last time they came through bt bam does extremely well with music nerds prog nerds and uh faceless is like uh, more of the like death metal like uh you know tech death crowd so it's the tech death nerds the tech death nerds so many nerds. nerds in their own Way, but it's going to be March 24th at the Showbox Soto. So this is going to be a big venue for this. Uh, I'm expecting a big turnout, and it'll probably sell out. And Tim Burkle will be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Putrid Pile just announced that he's going to be coming out with a new album. Awesome. So we're going to have like 15 more Brutal Poetry candidates. Exactly, man. Excellent. So it's a, it's a one-man project by this dude named Sean LeCain. This guy is a this sick dude. mother. Write some really yeah, weird yeah. stuff. Uh, the new album is going to be called Paraphiliac Perversions. Oh, cool. Oh God, yeah, that sounds lovely. The quote is, I've written and recorded the best album I ever have. My main vocals are the sickest ever, and my high vocals have never been fiercer. Yo, just so you know, my band is and my new record's going to be the sickest ever. <laughs> He's on it, dude. He's on the hype train. Yeah, man. Go like him. It. Hey, man. If you know your it's hardcore, 
and you want to be hardcore. Oh, you want to be legend hardcore. of the rent was way hardcore. hardcore. No, you're not hardcore. You know who's not hardcore? X Dayo. <laughs> Tell oh. me about it, Ian. I'm gonna ride the hate train, and I will continue to ride the hate train. Yo, the train. You guys need to focus on cataclysm. I'm just saying. Just do cataclysm. Here, here's the quote. People of Rome, you've responded in great fashion to the cause of our Roma. For this, we unleash Exeo, new album titled Dug Deep in the Roots and History of Our Empire. Jesus Christ, you're a bunch of white dudes from Canada. I understand the, like, the pursuit of, like, like, Nile is good is the difference, right? Yes. Same, same effort, pursuing, like, some kind of historical well, I, I feel like theme around your band. Okay, so here's so the much. thing, like, Awesome premise. X Dale. Here's what they say. Uh, they're going to be dealing with the main concept surrounding the Punic Wars 1, 2, 3 between Rome and Carthage. The trilogy of the epic legendary wars will come to life and bring the showdown between two of the greatest generals that ever walked the earth. Sounds fucking epic, right? Mm hmm. Why can't they be that fucking good? They just suck. Because they focus all their attention on the. In theory, it would be cool, but in practice, it's Garbo recycled Garbo. Because so. they have to spend all that time on the six-pack armor. Here's the other thing that I'm reading, which is makes me even more angry even where you're spending the time. The new record's coming out worldwide February 2017. Oh. So we're a breath early. There's a new song called Breathing Lightning by Anthrax, and uh, it's from their new album, For All Kings. It is a brand new album uh, that's going to be coming out February 26th on Nuclear Blast in Europe and Megaforce in the U.S. Megaforce is the... Anthrax is pretty much their own label at this point. Um, yeah, Breathing Lightning. Let's check it out. Some new Anthrax. Anthrax! Anthrax, where are you going to take us, man? I'm skipping in. That's very left-hand, unintensive. Not a lot of tweedly deedly deedlys going on in there. I will say though, it is uh, an, an exercise in vocal prowess. Kevin, wake up! Oh, <laughs> I heard a lot of auto tune, is what I heard. All right, that's it for Anthrax for this this. Uh kind of unimpressed with this first round of Anthrax. Hey, you know they wrote the album. 
They went into the studio and recorded the album. And they said, it's going to be a new album, man. It's going to sound just like Anthrax, just a little different. It's going to be rocking, <laughs> just a little Anthrax and different. And now you're listening to the album. Nope. 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 All right. So nope. here's a band that's f***ing sweet, but calling it quits. Weekend Nachos. Seen them a few times. Awesome band. Uh, kind of, you know, real f***ing gnarly sh- just like got the fast, slow, fast, slow, kind of power violence and then some doom Really awesome band from Chicago. Uh, really good stuff. I think Ian's band played with them. I played with that band in Indiana yeah. at a house show in the basement of a decrepit-ass farmhouse. Damn, that must and have was ruled. Awesome. And when we rolled up to the house, they were like, all right, we got all these beers. So it was like three cases of beer, and they had two cheese bricks. What? Like they weren't, it was like, you know, like the f***ing stick of cheese. Yeah. Like super big. And they were like, all right, everybody grab some cheese and a knife. Cut that shit up. So we cut the cheese up into little chunks and they made the f***ing hugest plate of weekend nachos. Dude, that's awesome. Oh, that rules. It ruled. Uh, it, was awesome. it was awesome. Well, one, one thing that's not awesome, they're calling it quits. They've announced that their band is coming to an end after 12 years. They're on Relapse Records. They definitely hit a high point within the last few years. Uh, so here, I'm going to read the statement. To anyone who gives a shit, we would like to announce with both sadness and excitement that 2016 will be the final year as a band for Weekend Nachos. It's been almost 12 years and we have decided to hang it up. This is not for any reason other than the fact that... All good things must eventually come to an end. We are rapidly approaching the end of our time. It's been an insane and crazy ride for us to see where we were able to take this band. Everything was done completely on our own terms and with the same DIY spirit that we have had. Andy and I just <laughs> each other off in our own deck lab <laughs> apartment in 2004. We will continue to apply that sacred mindset towards our future projects and endeavors. I hope all you do with the same. We will, dudes. We, we will f- each other off in, each our, in our apartments. Uh, Sick of It All just announced that their 30th anniversary is on the way. They have a whole full year of touring, and they're asking for input on their 30th anniversary set list. So they say, Happy Happy New Year, everybody. We're celebrating our 30th, 30th anniversary this year, and we'd like to thank all of you for your continued love and support. Join us in our celebration and decide which songs we need to play live in 2016. Visit our website now and select your 10 favorite Sick of It All songs. It's clobbering time. I have quite a collection of action figures and toys, but I don't know if I would be willing to spend $86 per each Slipknot action figure. They have these things wow. available on the German Slipknot online store now. $86? Photorealistic 3D printed figures are available on a one-tenth scale. They're manufactured by Starombo, which is a pretty high-end action figure line. I mean, they're collectibles. It's not like you're going to buy this for your kid and have well, them play with their Ninja Turtles with I them mean, and stuff. Are they figu- they're figurines because action figures like have arms that move yeah, and yeah. that move. Okay, well they're just in figurines. Little f***ing. They'll just stand there and bum you out. Question, do we have to edit out f***ing when it's F-E-C-K-I-N? <laughs> it's like in uh, Almost yo, Famous. Yo, these f***ing <laughs> Yo, you're f***less. Uh, so, yo, you're I don't know, man. <laughs> These action figures are cool. Like, I would definitely take one. But $86? (laughs) Definitely jack one. I would steal one. (laughs) Well, when there's seven of them, or nine of them, and... Oh! You know what? This wasn't on the list of news, but did you hear Sid from Slipknot quit quit this week? What? Yep. Really? quit this week. Yep. 
So there's another one down. Well, he's uh he's going on to pursue his career as DJ Starscream. Oh, uh, he he actually has a pretty cool album. I I used to listen to that sometimes. Some drum and bass jungle. You sure he's not gonna go join up with Limp Biscuit? He could. I, I've heard they're really doing well on tour. Yeah, they're killing. <laughs> on opposite day. Uh, obviously we lost uh, Lemmy this week, but one of the cool things that we saw is that uh, the uh. The song Ace of Spades, which is the song that most people know Motorhead by, re-entered the charts. Like, because so many people were listening to it, so many people were buying it. That's badass. And so many people were playing it on the radio. Rad. Including us. So, uh, two weeks after the death of Lemmy, um, a group of fans tried to send Ace of Spades into the top of the UK singles charts. And uh, it, it, it peaked at number 13. So they made it up there, and he was on the top top twenty again, which I think is fucking rad because that it's been what thirty years since it's that record, so thirty five well years, yeah. So uh, you know, R.I.P. Lemmy, just after his seventieth birthday, made it back onto the Billboard charts. Pantera, Slayer, Alice in Chains, Black Label Society, all these bands have in common is that some of their members are going to be honoring the Almighty Dimebag Daryl at Dime Bash. Nice. Monster Energy Ride for Dime. Dime Bash 2016. It is a uh, it's it's a benefit honoring him at Lucky Strike Live in Hollywood, California, on January 22nd. Uh, proceeds of the event will benefit the Ronnie James Dio Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. It's going to feature collaborative performances by members of Pantera, Slayer, Alice in Chains, Black Label Society, Machine Head, Hatebreed, Stone Sour, The Loss, Typo Negative, Danzig, <laughs> King's X, Devil Driver, Prong King, see you and there. Armored Saint. God, what, a, what an insane Opening show. the show will be Revolution Mother, which features Mike Vallely and Mothership. Yeah, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, and Pound. Stand up and shout cancer fun. Yeah, they fund cancer research, cancer screenings, cancer programs. Obviously, we lost uh, our, our buddy Dio to stomach cancer. And uh, Lemmy, we just lost to an unknown cancer, which we, you know, details aren't important, basically is what it, what it means. But go out and, and see that. That's one show that I would f***ing kill to see. January 22nd, coming up in a couple of weeks down in uh, down in Hollywood. So you're saying that if I had a f***ing pair of tickets in my hand right now, you'd shoot me for them? I wouldn't shoot you, but I might you like. You would kill me for him. I might like hold you down, and if you fought me real hard, I'd think about it. Right. You just f you up a little bit. Yeah, you know, take your eyes out with a spork. He was but by a large inmate. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> tasty. Let's see what 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 is one thing Randy from Lamb of God hasn't done yet. Uh, right? He hasn't know. started a black metal like project. Okay, this is kind of a trick question because um, he's already written a book. An autobiography, but now he's writing a fictional novel. Oh. So Randy is working on a, a novel, a futuristic novel, he says, uh, set in about a 50 to 100 years, years in the future. And uh, that's. Where Lamb of God's still putting out albums? Yeah, well, it's the kind of thing where, like, when you are on the road in a band like Lamb of God, you got a lot of time on the, you know, in that bus, man, to just kind of hang out and chill. Like, do you want to just waste your time playing Game Boy, catching all 150 Pokemons, or do you want to, like, Hell yeah. do something of consequence? He said, uh... WWE Network and chill. He said, I've been thinking about the plot. At first I thought, oh, the ending's just got to be awful, but then I thought, that's self-indulgent. I've been thinking about how I can make the end of the book optimistic, and it's hard. 
and I haven't decided how it's going to end, but more than likely there's got to be an optimistic end. Otherwise, I'll just be f***ing depressed. And real life is depressing enough. So this is kind of cool to continue on with the uh, Lemmy stories. It looks like Oslo's 49 Bell Carillion um, played a Motorhead song, which is really, really rad. Uh, let's see. It has a long been a traditional part of daily life in the Norwegian capital, chiming in quarter hour and also playing an occasional concert. It's situated in Piper Vika in central downtown Oslo. Uh, can we play a little bit of that? Yeah, let's see what it sounds like here. This is the song Electricity. Obviously, that's just a bunch of bells ringing, but the thing that makes that special in my eyes is that, is that a bunch of the priests in the church that are down with Motorhead and all know how to play it on the bells in the church? Yeah, man. Because that would be amazing. That's well, awesome. Just the fact that they did that is, is rad. Another ode to uh, the amazingness of metal fans in Norway. On another Motorhead and Lemmy-related note, Ian Kilmister... Killmister. Killmister. is featured in a new commercial from Finnish dairy company Valio. It's a 40-second spot, and it was filmed just before the iconic Motorhead frontman died. It's a new 40-second commercial, and I guess we should play it. I don't know if we can see anything. Oh. Let me walk out of a mini-mart. Looks around. I don't drink much, and I never will. You ass. That's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, that's the first time I saw that. We all just witnessed that for the first time. Here's our milk, our milk, milk commercial. I've never drank milk, and I never will. You, you ass. ass. And then he just laughs. He just laughs. Pay me. Oh, we gotta do that again. All right. I don't drink milk. And I never will. You ass. <laughs> and he just cheeses the biggest cheese. So, uh. Lemmy, we raise our glasses to you. I'm reading this, uh, message at the end of it, and it looks like, um, that was a take that was unscripted. He just kind of ad libbed that. <laughs> and they decided to go with that instead of the actual commercial. This is what they say. This is offered in celebration of the life of a lovely, exceptional man, a man who celebrated life so vibrantly himself. We were first shooting a remake of an iconic Finnish milk aid. The tone, tone of this ad was a shot a month ago, and it was, however, modded. 
And the take was improved moments before the set. This is our magical encounter with a great man. Thank you, Lemmy. That's awesome. They went with it. Yep. It's just fucking <laughs> hilarious. I don't drink milk. <laughs> I never will, you ass. <laughs> All right. So uh, here's someone that thinks someone else is an ass. Oh. Crowbars, Kirk Weinstein, oh. the Riff Lord, calling Riff out Obama. <laughs> Recently, Obama had a speech where he was talking about uh, gun safety and gun laws and uh, gun control in the United States of America, and he kind of broke down and had some tears. And, uh, you know, Kirk Weinstein went to the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitters, and he said, Uh-oh. Obama's faked, and this is all caps, keep in mind, which means it's serious. Obama's bitch. fake tears! Obama's fake tears are the worst f***ing attempt I've ever seen at caring. He has destroyed this country wow. and will continue to, and he spelled country with a C-U-N, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> and will continue to do so until the day he leaves office. I am not a gun owner, nor am I a Republican, just a drug-free, tax-paying citizen. You know, uh, did you guys see the tequi- Tilo Tequila f***ing Twitter rant that she went on this week? No. Talking about how all sh- she had all this proof that the earth was flat. Jesus And that she Christ. had been killed in 2012 and been replaced with a drone with a chip in her neck. This reminds me of that. It's the kind of thing where it's like, <laughs> he's going to destroy this country until the day he leaves office. Like, how f***ing upset do you have to be to seriously think that kind of thing? And, like, I like Kirk Winstein. You know, he spent some time in, with us in here, and he f- seemed like a really down-to-earth dude. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where it's like, dude, when you're swinging so far into infinitives like that, like, mm, you should probably stop before you twa- tweet, stop before you Facebook, and just think for a second, you know? Don't just fly off and go, oh, keyboard, keyboard, keyboard! Brother! <laughs> He should have put brother at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, man, that's the thing about being a celebrity with a social media account. The second anything goes out, it's retweeted all over the place. So you can't ever take it back. So I don't think he ever would. It's the kind of thing where it's like, I'm not a gun, on, gun owner, nor am I a Republican. Just a drug-free, tax-paying citizen. I'm, I'm, what does that mean? Wh- we all are... Well, I'm not drug free. We're tax free. <laughs> we're looking at this next article we're about to talk about, and I cannot help but point out how an unamused Dexter Holland from The Offspring looks, well, and he he just looks like a middle aged, uncool punk dad. Well, he's got to be in his forties now. He's just like a punk dad. He looks like a rock dad. He looks like Billy Idol. Here's the thing, but fat. I, th- I think they finally got what they wanted. With they sold article. out entirely. They sold their entire catalog for 35 bucks. What? I mean, 35 I mean, million. 35, oh yeah, times f***ing a million. Yeah. 35 million crazy, dollars. dude. So The Offspring just this week has announced they sold the rights to their entire catalog to Columbia Records uh, for the master recordings and the publishing rights for all of their songs for $35 million. And we don't really talk about The Offspring f***ing ever, but... This is just an example of one of those things where I think they finally were just like, 35 million? F***ing done. See you later. Yeah. Thank you. See ya. All right, guys. See you later. Thanks for all the money. Pretty fly for a white guy. What? Okay, The Offspring is a band that has the ability to write both the best songs and the worst f***ing songs ever. Dude, they've ever. sold 17 million records. Jesus Christ. American Prankster. Records. So whether it's from Smash, which I liked. 
from 1994. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great record. Uh, Ixnay on the Ombre, uh, Americana from 98, and then 2000's Conspiracy of One, which did have Uno, Dos, Tres, Cuatro, Cinco, Cinco, Seis. You really want to At that point, you know they were just like, we're going to make millions. We're going to be rich. We're going to be so rich. They're like, they're like, in the, 15 years, we're going to sell this so for 35 Jesus million. Christ. I wonder how much money Green Day would make if they were to sell off their entire catalog. They were like, ah, got you, motherfuckers. Green Day would probably 35 make, million. Probably make at least 200 It'd million. Be a, 200. 200 probably million. Half a, half a million. They have a fucking Broadway show. So they, half a million. So they already sold the rights, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, that that's just a, 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 a Article worth noting if you were a fan of punk as a young person in the nineties. Go kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, because it's all well, downhill from here. It's me. the kind of thing where like the Offspring was the progenitor of like, like you said, Green Day, then Blink One Eighty Two, some Forty One, and then you keep going down the list of like pop punk bands that were huge. And uh, Offspring is just like, yep, yeah, about that. Cha-ching, see ya. Hit that, hit that. Jim Brewer, news. Got it? Jim Brewer, the goat boy. Yes. I remember the high uh, guy. always seeing, obviously, like, I love, the movie Half-Baked kind of formulated my life. I'm not going to lie. Sorry, mom. The movie mom. is your Makes life. Makes sense. Sorry, mom. <laughs> except for that I'm not trying to bail somebody out of prison, thankfully. Currently. He, except. Well, you Ian better pray <laughs> that it's not you. <laughs> except Ian has turned into Samson. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to Ian. Fly me to the moon like that bitch, Alice Cramp. <laughs> well, anyway, Jim Brewer has a band called Jim Brewer and the Regulators. And uh, we've always known Jim Brewer for being like the guy that would imitate, you know, uh, uh, Hetfield from Metallica. Yeah! Yeah! Hoo-hoo! Yeah! Yeah! So he's always been a huge fan of ACDC Metallica, has always been joking about them. And he's got a metal record coming out on Metal Blade Records. Nice. It's appropriate, I guess. Uh, it's being produced by former Anthrax and uh, Volbeat guitar player Rob Caggiano. And Brian Johnson from ACDC is going to be on the record. Damn. Oh, uh, this is going to be fantastic. So he says, I think the music's going to be very respectable. I think it's going to surprise most people. I think the hard rock metal world will embrace it. Uh, where many other people who thought it was going to be really funny will think, oh, he really wasn't that funny in it. He wrote some real songs. So I don't know what to expect from it, but it's definitely hard rock and metal for my generation. Remember when uh, Brian Posehn did the same thing? Metal yeah, by numbers. One, two, three. I'm more metal than you. Cookie, cookie, cookie. <laughs> that's a good record. So that's going to be coming out sometime here in the next year. So we'll see. Jim Brewer is always my favorite. All right, it's about the time that we entered Metal Shop's Brutal Poetry Lounge. For the first time in 2016, we're doing two hot... For radio tonight, Kevin is uh, tackling quite a passage from a band called Cranium, off of their record "The Art of Female Sodomy." Here's masturbation with fermented entrails. Kevin, take it away. Out cruising for hookers in my rusted van of terror, <laughs> flashing dollar bills to get your attention. You'll soon meet your maker in my chamber of horror. Van of terror. Don't ask for your savior for divine intervention. Blunt force trauma with a hammer to the head. Strung up on meat hooks 
and left for dead. For some weeks, you'll hang there to rot. My own private slaughterhouse is what I've got. Need their corpses to be putrid and smelly. Time to empty all the bowels and your belly. Cold steel piercing dead flesh guts you like a slaughtered pig draining the blood. Entrails pouring out as the tub gets over flood. Time to cleanse my f***ing soul. God damn it. Now I need a bath in this oozing pool of gore. Now I must feel their insides on my skin. Masturbation with fermented entrails start to rub my with a handful of innards shooting my into the abdominal cavity. My orgasm is great. You killed me with your fucking brutal poetry, dude. You're dead. I hate you. Well, uh, thanks for uh, sticking with us for another Metal Shop's Brutal Poetry Backstage Pass, whatever the f*** it's called. So let's go out with uh, some of the tributes to Lemmy. Uh, let's just go through all four of them as they went. Uh, we apologize for the shitty audio quality, but the fact is, is that it was uh, recorded in a sanctuary where there was 300 people in a big dome so just deal with it and uh you know uh hope you get to raise the glass and if you missed lemmy's uh, memorial then here you go so fellas any last words before we say goodbye rest in peace lemmy you're a f***ing legend yeah man r.i.p lemmy lemmy is god here we go thanks uh thanks again for listening we'll be back next week lemmy hello everyone on behalf of judas priest glenn ian scott richie Jane and Bill from Trinifold, and Chip and Jen from Chipster PR. I'm here to include all of our love for Lemmy and Lemmy's family. Over the years, we've had so many amazing times with Lemmy and Motorhead, on and off the road. Most recently in Europe and South America. We always look forward to seeing the lads when we kicked off working together, as we knew well in advance there would be more than one Lemmy moment or a Phil King of Comedy Campbell event. <coughs> yes, laughter was the overriding emotion with the guys. And as, as we know, if you can't have a good laugh on the road, you might as well pack it in. On a personal note, when I was in the presence of Lord Lemmy, I always felt a bit overwhelmed. Admiration mainly. Here is a man that lived rock and roll life on his own terms. A true rock and roll maverick. His music speaks for itself, of course. And as we know, the music lives forever. Here's something I would like to share that took place between me and him in South America. We just completed the tour down there with Ozzy and we were all heading back up here. 
I was wandering around the airport lounge very late at night, it might have been early in the morning, and I saw him sitting by himself in a corner. So I wandered over and said, all right, Len, yeah, I'm all right. We've had some good fun on this one. And then for some reason, I took his hand and we sat there in silence for a few minutes. Can I do a selfie? He gave me the Lenny look. <laughs> and I expected, no, bugger off. At that tired and godly hour of the morning, but he said, no, no, go on then. So I did. And I kissed him and then I told him that I loved him. When, I, when the news hit, the first thing I did was put that on my Instagram. It's a moment to share, a moment to cherish, a moment of unconditional love. Faith, family, friends, fans, God bless you and me. 1999, I got a phone call asking for a quote. Motorhead was putting together a live record, the Everything Louder Than Everything Else record, and uh, because they were looking for quotes from guys and bands that were influenced by Motorhead, and of course I was honored to, you know, to be asked to do that, and so of course I get off the phone and then I'm in like complete panic because what do you say? You're just gonna sell Motorhead rules. You know what? What do you say about about Motorhead that hadn't been said and. Uh, so uh just kind of sat around all day thinking about it and thought back to 1980 when I, I bought my first Motorhead record. I bought Ace of Spades. Knew nothing about the band because I used to buy albums based on album covers and, and uh, I was just looking at this album cover thinking, God, this has got to be good. These guys look like some tough motherfuckers. So take the record home and put it on headphones in my little tiny room in my mom's apartment. And uh, Ace of Spades opens the record, and you're 15 years old hearing that for the first time, and blows your brains out. And I, I listened to the record probably three times, you know, front to back, just staring at that album cover, staring at it the whole time, thinking, who the hell are these three Mexicans, and how do they play so fast? They looked like banditos. They certainly didn't look English. It's pre-internet. So I jokingly, <laughs> I jokingly emailed that quote. Well, that ends up being the quote on the record. Turns out Len loved it. <laughs> and of course he would with his sardonic sense of humor and um, yeah he loved it so now you know like a hundred years from now and some kid is looking at well, whatever format it's in but looking at the album cover and and uh, decides I'm gonna pick up this record because it's cool and it reads my quote and Mexicans I knew that guy from Anthrax was an ass You know, the St. Lawrence has been brought up a couple of times tonight. I thought I was the only one who met Lemmy for the first time at the St. Lawrence. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I saw an interview with Lemmy just from a few weeks ago. It was just online. It was on German television. And uh, to quote him, he said, uh, it was Elvis who taught us how to dress or how to look. 
It was Carl Perkins and Little Richard who taught us how to sound, and it was the Beatles that taught us we could write our own songs. Um, and Lemmy, it was you who taught us that we could be f***ing real. Thank you. I tell you, for the last two years, for some reason, I feel like I've really connected with Lemmy. I've known him, obviously, a lot longer than that. But for some reason, these last couple years, um, I've had what I call quality time with this amazing person. Um, there was a moment a couple years ago, um, I needed Lemmy to do his voiceover for an animated short I, I uh, put together called Talica Parking Lot. And um, he, I call him up, I said, Lemmy, you know, can you do this? And we only had one day to do it, and he was like, yeah, yeah, but I need a ride, come pick me up. I said, he's like, be there at three o'clock. I said, okay, Lemmy, I got a surprise for you. So. I uh, have this Buick 64 Lowrider Riviera, and uh, it's cobalt blue, beautiful, beautiful car, but it, it wasn't running right, right? The starter's not working, needed a tune-up, the whole deal. So I had a mechanic show up earlier that morning, 9 a.m. He gets my start, puts a new starter in, changes the oil, tunes the car up, and I'm proud. I show up at Lemmy's apartment about 20 minutes before I'm supposed to be there, and Lemmy comes out. We're looking at the car, he's complimenting and he loves it. We get in the car and I'm sitting there, yeah, I got this. I, I, I put the keys in, car doesn't start. I'm like, oh my God. And let me sit there with a cigarette, he's not saying anything. And I'm, now the beads of sweat are rolling down my face. And he's saying something, all this, and I'm just like, and I'm determined. And then finally, he gets his word and he says, um, he, he said, let it sit for a while. I said, excuse me, let it sit for a while. And so we get out of the car and he's like standing outside, he's smoking a cigarette, he's looking around the neighborhood and he's giving me sort of a history lesson on his street. You know, Charlie Chaplin used to hang out there, Mary Pickford there and, and you know, and it was really great, it was beautiful and interesting. And then right in the middle of his story, he says, now try it. So we get in the car and sure enough, that puppy started right up and then he said, see, I told you it was flooded. He's like, he's like, you gotta, res you gotta respect, you know, these older cars. So Lamy and I proceeded to go to the, um, to the uh, voiceover studio in Hollywood traffic, and I'm in my lowrider, and we're bouncing in the car, the Mexican and the rock legend, and uh, we're listening to all different styles of music, and it was just really an incredible moment for me. It's a, I mean, I, we left the, the, the studio. He gave us two hours of voiceover. We drank Jack and Cokes together, which I never drink. I hadn't drank that in about 15 years. I drop him off at his house. I actually lost my way home. I'm trying to get from Hollywood to Venice Beach, and I actually ended up somewhere in like Westwood or something, completely lost. Um, and the last thing I got to say is about a year a year ago, I got to hang out with Lemmy at the House of Blues, Cheryl Lazare, and my other good buddy, Joni Mitchell, walks in, who I had invited to see me play at this particular gig. She, I got Lemmy to the left of me, I got Joni Mitchell to the right of me, and they're both chain smoking, and I'm inhaling this <laughs> massive amounts of rock and roll legend smoke, and I was loving every minute of it. And, he, and I introduced him, I said, Joni, I want to introduce you to my friend, Lemmy. And she goes, hi, Lemmy, it's a pleasure to meet you, like that. And he takes a big drag of the cigarette, and he looks over, and he goes, Joni, what?
in chords where you're playing on court and spark. I could never figure them out. And so they have this beautifully incredible um, conversation together. And I'm just sandwiched between them and I'm loving every minute of it. I've got these two rock and roll pirates, legends, icons, and I'm engulfing their, their magic smoke. And I just want to say, Lenny, I love you. We love you. When I saw him at his birthday party, I, um, you know, I sat with him. He embraced me, and, and it was very sad because I knew that would be the last time I was going to see him. And uh, we both knew. But at the same time, I know he appreciated, you know, our presence in, in love. And we must always respect and love and remember and celebrate our elders because we have them here and we have to enjoy that time. And, um, and I know he'd be so happy to see us all here. Right? I mean, yeah. I, we love you, Lenny. Thank you. To be here in any way for Lem. Um, one thing I do know about him is when you listen to this room and you see all of this and you see all of you and the love that you're pouring out and the laughter, that's what he would want. He wouldn't want people crying. He wouldn't want people mourning. He would want people happy celebrating his life. And thank you for that. Um, you know, I grew up a kid, just probably like a lot of people in this room, fan of his music, got in the wrestling business, became successful enough to where I finally reached a point where I could have some input into what my entrance music was. And entrance music for what we do, as all of you would know, you know, it's music creates the image. Music creates the emotion and the feel for what you do. It can create a character and it can mean success. And when I had the opportunity to, to participate in, in creating my music, I wanted it to sound like Motorhead. I wanted that raw, guttural feeling. I wanted Lamb. I wanted all that passion and that power um, to create the ultimate badass in what I did. And at a certain point in time, they just couldn't get the sound right trying to make it otherwise. And, and our people came to me and they said, what do you want? I said, I want Motorhead. And they said, well, why don't we just ask Motorhead? And I said, because I didn't know that was an option. And I and we made the call. And Lem and Mickey and Phil gave me the greatest gave me the greatest gift of all time, which was their sound. They gave me the sound of Motorhead to create one of the bad, most badass themes in the history of the WWE. They created the game. They then went on to create King of Kings. They went on to create Evolution for me. Um, and it was this amazing partnership. And and trust me, if you're not a fan of what we do. If you're in a stadium with about 80,000 people in it and you're coming up on a riser onto a stage with smoke all around you with the world title around your waist and you look to your side as you come up with lasers and pyro and motorhead playing and fucking Lemmy is standing next to you singing about you, it is the most kick-ass thing of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah. More importantly than that, though, over the years, let me give you the gift of this friendship. Um, you know, we connected. In, in some way, we connected. He would always come uh, whenever he was in town and we were in town. Most often it would be Staples Center, but London, wherever we were. Um, he'd come to the Staples Center and, and uh, they'd tell me Lem would arrive and, and his white limo would pull in downstairs and he'd wait. And before my match, they'd go get him and he'd come out and he'd sit in the arena in the front row and I'd 
say hi to him on my way into the ring and I'd wrestle and then I'd come out and I'd talk to him again and then he'd say, I'll see you in the car and he'd wait outside until the show was over and I'd showered and I'd come back and I'd sit in the car with him for hours and we'd just talk and sometimes he'd play me the new Motorhead, sometimes he'd play me something else he wanted me to hear or a track that he was working on for us or um, a lot of times we just talked about life. And after that had happened four or five times, I, I was the bad guy in wrestling. And uh, after four or five times at the Staples Center, I remember going to him one time after getting beaten again and uh, walking up to him and Lem, I went over to him to shake his hand and I gave him a hug and he looked right at me and he goes, man, you suck. <laughs> he said, you can't win a match to save your life. I don't know why I come and see you. And I, I guess I probably looked at him stunned and he grabbed me by the back of my neck and he said, that's why you're perfect for Motorhead. Um, he, uh, you know, a lot of, you hear a lot of people talk about the, the differences in who he was, you know, on an image and in front, the ultimate rock and roll icon. But then the, the guy behind that was totally different, polite and, and, and all the things that you've heard said. and. It's one quick story for me that encapsulates a lot of that. I, I went to a show, we were in Phoenix, there was a stadium show that was going to be playing the next day, so I stayed over with my wife, and uh, Motorhead was playing, and there was a bunch of other iconic rock bands, heavy metal bands, that I won't say the name of, just in case you're embarrassed by the story, but they were all there, and um, we walked in backstage, and uh, Todd was with us, and as we're walking down the hallway, I'm passing by all these iconic heavy metal stars that I am in awe of and I'm looking at all of them and they're wearing Bermuda shorts and Hawaiian shirts and they've got glasses of wine and there's incense and there's like it's not at all what you would expect growing up as a kid you know what I mean uh, seeing all this and this is what as I'm going down the hallway and I'm seeing all that I'm thinking wow this is just so different because a lot of these bands I'd never met before and then I get to Lem's dressing room. And Todd opens the door and I go to step in with Todd. He goes, Lem, H is here. And there are two topless girls. There's a pile of blow, a bunch of pills. Lem has a towel on and another towel on his head. Like a big giant turban. And he's like, come, tell him to come in. And as I go to step through, he says, with Steph, my wife. And Lem goes, close the door. And they close the door. We stepped out, close the door. Couple minutes go by, we open the door back up to step in, now with my wife. Everybody has clothes on, Lem's got pants on. The drugs are miraculously gone off the table, which I'm only assuming he did all of. Um, and uh, he still did have the he was uh, in front of my wife, very respectful. And, and um, you know, in some way, the ultimate gentleman. And, and that was always the coolest thing about Lem. We had this, Friendship, we wouldn't see each other for years. And then uh, we'd, we'd see each other and it was like no time passed. And we'd just catch up. Uh, about a, maybe two months ago uh, for WWE, sensing everything that was going on, <clears throat> we connected with Todd and asked if it would be possible to sit and interview Lem, because I thought it would be important and I don't know if anybody else was gonna do it. And uh, we met at the Rainbow and I had seen Lem six months earlier and he didn't look good, maybe a year earlier he didn't look good. And uh, When he showed up that day, man, it was like the clock had rewound 10 years, right, Todd? I mean, he was 
We spent two hours doing an interview. He laughed the whole time. He told jokes. He was as upbeat as could be. I mean, when it was over, he was like, that's it? You want to do more? Um, it was just the coolest thing, and that is how I will remember him, as just that that beacon of strength and laughter and uh, just all of it. The thing I will say about Lem, whether he meant to do it or not, is he was an inspiration of how to live your life. Live your life for you. Do what you want to do. He did it his way. He did it his way right until the last day. And, and if, if there is a better way to go out, I don't know what it is. That is what it is about in life. And he was an inspiration, probably an inspiration, as you heard today, to a lot of people in this room. He was the inspiration for you to go out and be an inspiration to millions of kids who will go on to be that inspiration. That is his gift to the world. <laughs> and I can't think of a better gift. I can't think of a better man. And uh, I'm just, I'm honored to be up here. And Lem, we'll see you down the road, my friend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.